Support for today's show is brought to you by Burrow. Handcrafted in the USA with high-quality fabrics and hardwood, Burrow makes luxury couches for real life. Tell you what, I got a Burrow in the Chris Gethard Show office. Sent it in a box. I'm like, box furniture? It's going to be hard to put together. It's going to be weird. No, it's so easy to put together. So comfortable. I only sit in the burrow now. My old couch in the office, that's a footrest now because I'm rocking out on the burrow all the time. Go try a burrow couch for yourself. Order today. It'll ship in just one week. Use the promo code STORIES at burrow.com to get $50 off your order. That's B-U-R-R-O-W.com. The offer code is in all caps, STORIES. Hello to everybody who knows how to solve 5x plus 3 equals 15. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. Welcome another episode of Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where you listen, a couple people talking, nice, simple, clean premise, not much to explain there, people talking on the phone and you get to spy on them with your ears while you're driving or uh, relaxing, whatever you do, thank you for listening, it's uh, the best, best thing in my life. I tell you one thing that underlines how cool a gig this is, is so many people came out, we sold out the Bell House last week. Had almost 400 people packed in there listening to a call. Got to, to meet a bunch of you guys afterwards, including a bunch of mods from the Facebook group. And it was cool. It was cool to meet all these uh, people who just wanted to kick back and listen to a thing. If you're in New York tonight, we've got another show. I think there might even be a handful of tickets left. Next week, I think, is sold out tonight. Come on out. Come to Brooklyn, Bell House. We'll all hang out. Have a party. It'll be good. It'll be a good time. What else do we have to talk about? Last week's episode, Chemo Chameleon, not surprising. A lot of people really sending a lot of love to that caller in the Facebook group. A lot of people really uh, just just wishing her well, as I do, as I do. And, uh, and I hope everything turns out okay. I hope everything turns out okay for everybody, whoever has called this show. What a weird gig where so many times it's just the thing... Ha- the bell goes off, and I just immediately, I am, I'm, I hope they're okay. I hope everybody's okay. The whole premise of this podcast might just be, maybe we can all be okay. Let's talk about it. Speaking of which, this week's call, I will tell you, this one's interesting. A young caller who's already been through a lot. And uh, I'll say right away, too, the, the call ended kind of abruptly. We were having a lot of fun, kind of caught up on us. I just want to reiterate from the top caller, Kudos to you. you. You've been through a lot. You've handled yourself well. I hope it keeps going well. You said that I had anything to do with uh, some of the life improvements you made. That means the world to me. And uh, it really, it's all the credit goes to you. I want to make sure I say that. And uh, on top of that, you guys can tell just from that, there's some serious stuff that's talked about in this one. But we also have a ton of fun. Um, at one point, I will warn you, I yell, so, I yell so loud during this call that it actually caused people in the Earwolf office to come into the booth because they thought something was happening. They thought I was like screaming at a per They were like, man, he's really giving it to that person. It's like, no, I was just having the most fun I've ever had screaming and yelling about dumb stuff. So yeah, some serious stuff in this one, some fun stuff in this one, and a pretty cool caller. Can't wait to see what you guys think. Maybe I'll see you at the Bell House tonight. Enjoy.
Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Who is this? It's Gethard. Who's this? Gethard. Don't say your oh, name. Oh, man. Oh, you almost tricked me. I almost said my name. Why would you start so aggressive? That's the most aggressive start in the history of the show. Who is this? You know who this is. You called me. You called me. Because, man, I have had a really stressful day, and I didn't think that something good was going to happen. <laughs> well, who knows? And I consider this something good. We'll see how it ends. Let's not uh, count our chickens before they're hatched, my friend. But look. About- so I, start, I started out by being overly aggressive, and then it sounds like you just threatened me by saying, we'll see how it ends. <laughs> well, I'm known to match aggression with aggression. I think that's part of growing oh, up in New Jersey. I think it's a Jersey thing. I was thing. just about to say that sounds like a, that sounds like a New Jersey kind of thing. <laughs> how are you doing? How am I doing? I'll tell you. I'm awful excited because I'm going on vacation tomorrow for three weeks, and it's the first time in my adult life that I have a job that has ended, and I know it's coming back with the TV show. So it's the first time I get to go on a vacation and just relax and not have to worry about some dangling open thread. So I'm feeling great. Oh, that sounds wonderful, man, as opposed to... Most of the beautiful anonymous calls I've heard recently where it's all just, I'm stressed about this, I'm stressed about this. Well, tw- stressful times. A lot of stressful times. That's the way of the world. Now, how are you? Oh, man. I had, so I had to drive an hour and a half this morning to a doctor's appointment. But psych, it was actually a two-hour drive, even though it was only supposed to be an hour and a half. And then... I got lost like four times on the way back, and I almost got into an accident. And, man, have you ever seen Final Destination where the logs come out of the back of the truck? What is that relentless tapping? There's a relent. Oh, no. There, is there a tapping? Yeah, wait, let's just. Jared, you hearing that? I'm hearing a tapping. I do know the logs from the truck scenario. I don't know if that's just Final Destination. I've seen a few renditions of the logs from a truck. Did you run into a logs from a truck on the highway? Uh, Not nearly as bad. I was driving, and then a big road sign uh, fell off the back of this guy's truck, and it got lodged under my car, and (laughs) I thought I was going to (laughs) die. What did the sign say? Um, it was just a picture of some dude, like, with flags, or it was like a silhouette. Flag? A picture? So a you pic- know what I mean? So a big sign of a pic- oh, like a roadwork sign. Yeah, and those exactly. silhouette roadwork signs came flying out of a truck right into your car, got stuck under it, you thought you were going to die. I did, yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that. So, that sounds really scary. Yeah, man. So, so that's how my day is going. And I'm not even home yet, but then, ah, I saw that tweet. I got real excited. That's good. I'm happy to help out. I'm going to warn you now. Yeah. If you know what the source of that tapping is, you 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 should eliminate the tapping or else everyone listening to this is going to want to murder you. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and, because uh, I'm in my car. Oh, okay. And 
you should not be able to hear tapping, but I'm going to pull off to the side and I'm probably just going to wait on the side of the road for like two hours <laughs> or 45 minutes or however long we have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 55 minutes. Yes. Thank you for that. I assume yeah, that, that's that probably safer. That's okay. probably safer anyway than, than being distracted while driving. Man, see, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, the tapping may just be saving lives right now. <laughs> Somebody's you... going to listen to this and think, you know, I should probably get off the phone. And then they're going to do that, and it's going to be you and me. We're going to save America, Chris Gethard. Yeah, maybe we just saved America. All of its problems. <laughs> so you've pulled over now, huh? Man. Yeah, uh, yeah, can you tell? Yeah, the tap. And that must, it must have been just like the rotation of your tires or something. Quality of the ro- um, of the road grade. Well, now that you mention that, now I'm just going to be stuck thinking that uh, my tires are warped or there's something massively wrong with my car from the road sign earlier. You're kind of a worry wart, huh? Oh, uh, a little bit. Um, I'm very. I'm actually shaking right now Why? just by the fact that I got on the show. I don't know. You, you're playing it real calm and cash. You sound pretty laid back. I, there is no way that that is accurate, man. I, I am, I, I am completely shaking. Well, there's no need to be intimidated. <laughs> there's no need to be worried about it. You're talking to a dude who uh, can barely hold it together day to day. So you're good. You're yeah, good company. I'm. I'm pretty aware of that. I'm. Um, I'm one of. The, I'm. I don't think it narrows me down too much, but I am one of the people who's seen like every single public access episode and like all that kind of stuff. That's so, awesome. Thanks for checking out my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So this means, yeah, this means quite a bit to me to be able to get on here. That's nice. All the old public access, the old, the people who used to watch the old public access show I did. I got to say, I'm very happy that things have turned around for me. Past couple of years, I've had a hot streak. It's nice. But those were the people who uh, literally kept me from uh, quitting when I had nothing. So thank you for watching back then. Oh, well, I watched um, while it was on Fusion, actually. Oh. Um, so what is it? I, uh, of course, I knew your Bonnaroo story because I was a big fan of stand-up. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I was getting wine drunk on my couch one night and I saw the Chris Gathard show on Fusion. I'm like, hey, isn't it that dude who did a bunch of Molly? I like that dude. So I watched your show and I instantly fell in love with it and I watched everything. Well, thank you so much. That's awfully nice. Now, what's your deal? Yeah. What's your story? Why are you so oh. nervous about everything all the time? Um, I don't know, man. I've I've had... Lots of anxiety most of my life. Um, oh, what is it? I have to... Uh, all right, so I've got to go to a sober house tonight and speak uh, in front of a group of people. That's cool. And I'm also nervous for that. Yeah, wait. I want to know what that means. Is that, so are you, uh, are you in recovery? I am. That's cool. How long you, uh, um, how long you got? I got like... Just over a year and a half. Nice. Um, Congrats. So, yeah, when I... Oh, man. Sorry, I'm I'm super nervous. Nah, no need. We'll get over it. We'll, we'll get into a rhythm. It'll be fine. I, I would imagine. Yeah, don't even sweat it. I got your back. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got like a year and a half. Um, 
And do you want to know the fun part? Yeah. I'm still only 21. That's awesome. Congrats. I quit, right? be, I quit before I was 21 as well. I don't know if you know that. I quit, I quit when oh, I was... Oh, I am very... I'm very aware of that, actually. Um, wow. I, I'm trying not to come off completely obsessed, but you did play a very large role in uh, in my being okay with getting sober uh, as young as I was. That's... And then also with my... Um, my uh, going on mental health meds, uh, finally so pulling the trigger and going on Lamictal, which I know you're well acquainted with. Yeah, every morning, take my Lamictal. Oh, I'm a nighttime kind of guy. Yeah, I'm, I used to do uh, half in the morning, half at night, but I tell you, we're uh, bumping them down. Shrink thinks I might even be at a point where they're placebo at this point, but as long as it's working, I'm not rocking the boat. So as I'm not crying on cliffs in weird New Jersey towns, then I'll stick with it. Oh, I, I yeah, I now, feel it. Um, I think that's cool. Were you in college? Were you like a, an active student when you quit? Yeah, yeah. Um, that is not an easy spent, task. No, it's not. Because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of partying that goes on in college. But even more than that, it's like if you're partying – as much as I was partying, the only people you're friends with are people who party. So, right, right. You, yeah. you kind of don't have any real support system around you. 100%. Because uh, I, I remember feeling too, just on a basic day to day level, I had a few stops and starts when I quit drinking because I was pretty aware that I should stop. I was, it, was, it was pretty clear that I just didn't know how to. Do it right. And it's simple. People ask me, how come you don't drink anymore? And I, I say, like, well, I wasn't good at it. And I think they think I'm joking. And, and there is certainly something, like, you know, intentionally trying to be, like, a little uh, cheeky about that answer. But it is true. Like, I wasn't good at it. But it's hard. Like, when you go to your friend's place and you're in college, like, it might be 2 in the afternoon and people are just sitting around a table drinking already. Like, it's it's you're just around it all the time. So kudos to you. Oh man, thanks. I'm I'm stoked about it. Um, see, I actually what was it? I stopped drugs first. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was really bad at drinking, but I was really, really bad at doing drugs. What were the drugs? What were the drugs you were messing with? Um, obviously, I smoked a ton of weed, um, and I've had you know mental illness problems my whole life, so. I had those uh, those Ativan, which uh, are you acquainted with those? Wait, Ativan, I've heard of, never taken it. Yeah. It's a lot like Xanax, except uh-huh. more fun. More fun. At least in my opinion. Now Xanax chills yeah, you out. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically, my friend would call it um, Big Boy Xanax. Big Boy Xanax. So it's basically just Xanax, except more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Xanax, so take but that. more. Okay, so you're messing yeah, with it was just prescription more pills. It, like, yeah, a lot of a lot of that. Um, a lot of uh, oh, dude, a ton of uh, Adderall and Vivan. Uh-huh. That was uh, I was a big fan of that. That's. And would you get prescriptions yeah. for all these, or would you just find your way? Would people just be selling them kind of around campus? Um. It started out with prescriptions, and then my prescription would run out, 
and I would find ways to get it from other people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at a certain point, you go home for winter break, you fail almost all your classes, and you're just like, okay, I don't, I don't think I can uh, do these things anymore. Um, mainly because your dad says, what the, you know, what the heck is wrong with you? Um, so yeah. Uh, and then if you're messing with that much Adderall yeah. too, you probably lost like 25 pounds since the last time they saw you. When I messed with yeah. that Adderall. I got so skinny and so hyper and I never needed to sleep. But then what would happen is all my muscles would hurt and I would poop blood. Those were the trade-offs. <laughs> I don't, you ever have that one? Um, have, have you had weird side effects from the Adderall? Boner, well, boner stuff? I would go I between... Some boner um, stuff. The, you had some what stuff? Boner erection. <laughs> boner stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I uh, that I wasn't mishearing you. Yes, your your um, ears do not deceive you. I did say, I the quote, <laughs> I had some boner stuff. That is that is the thing I just said to you. Yes, I feel like you should apologize right now. My, but um, my bad. You know, not sorry, to Sally in particular. Less to you, more uh, to my mom. Yeah, and my no, aunt. Uh, you don't have to apologize to the recovering drug addict for saying <laughs> the word boner. No. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, what was it? I would just alternate between, um, and the Vivint I liked way better because it was way stronger, but I would be up for like two or three days straight. And then to avoid the come down, because, oh man, the come down is bad. Like you feel hollow, you feel dead. Um, so to avoid that, I would just smoke weed all day, every day for four or five days straight or a week or two weeks if, you know, I didn't have anything else. But uh, I ended up, during the course of one semester, I lost 20 pounds, or no, I gained 20 pounds, I lost 20 pounds, I gained 20 pounds, I lost 20 pounds, and I gained 20 pounds. Wow, 20-pound swings. Not good for the heart, I would imagine. Not good for the overall <laughs> no. cardiovascular system. Just constantly <laughs> losing and gaining weight in increments of 20 pounds. A lot. It's big swings. No, that's, that's always been a thing uh, for me. I can gain and lose weight super, super easily, you know, blessing and a curse. But um, no, in addition to the weight, I imagine the uh, copious amount of speed I was doing weren't helping the old ticker either. Meaning, meaning the Adderall and the was the other one Vivant, Vivance, Vivance, Vivance. Yeah, Vivance. It's, uh, Another amphetamine. Yeah, are you? Type. Are you? It's um. Yeah, Vivance is a. Uh, Vivance is awesome, man. It is. <laughs> it's scary how great that stuff is. Like people on like Wall Street guys, you know the guys who are supposed to do coke all the time. Yeah, yeah, I live in New York City. I see those yeah. bros all the time. Yeah, um, a lot of those guys don't like Coke nearly as much as they like Vivance. Because <laughs> you can just, oh man, you it, it's just so smooth and it lasts so long. And you get so like, I don't even know, man. And your nose um, doesn't bleed. I, 
your nose doesn't bleed. It can if you want it to. Um, oh, you can snort this stuff oh, too. Yeah, because it's in like a capsule, so you can pop it open or you can leave it shut if you want the extended. I just want to go on record, though. <laughs> Again, the guy who's prom- who's essentially promoting this is a recovering drug addict. So, <laughs> yes, listeners, don't. All right. Yes. Just don't. Important to note. Don't do this stuff. Um, maybe if you have like a big project and you got a phone all nighter, but no, 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 let's draw a line in the sand. No, <laughs> not if you got a big project, you need to draw it. On a, if you have a doctor's prescription and the doctor tells you this is something necessary in your life, then sure. Not if you need to pull an all nighter. <laughs> No, no, let me jump in there. No. Uh, but you know what? You bring up something important. You bring up something important, which is interesting. Like uh, um, with drugs in particular, because I've had my run-ins, Adderall, uh, Molly, like you mentioned. And uh, it's funny because you're saying like, yeah, I'm basically promoting them, but I'm a recovering addict. But there is something said for like, that's the realistic conversation, right? Because nobody gets way too into something because it's not fun. You know, nobody gets <laughs> yeah. dives headfirst into something because it's not awesome. It is awesome at first, but then what happens is, like you said, you've been awake for days at a time and a month goes by and you've lost 20 pounds and you're failing out of your classes and everyone who loves you is like, whoa, the fuck is going on? And then you take a step back and you go, it's not even that fun anymore. My whole life is now about like getting this stuff and then adjusting my brain, my chemistry to react to this stuff. And like you said, I'm smoking tons of weed to avoid the come downs and I'm sure there's diminishing returns on how fun it is when you do it. So I actually think, um, you know, I'm talking too much right now, but when you're saying like you're basically promoting it, I think that's important. I think it's important to like not demonize them as something that's uh, a bad time. It, it's, it's a good time with diminishing returns and ultimately bad results. Oh yeah, man. Um, what is it? Especially, you know, again, I'm a college student. So like, I'm not just some like prude who thinks nobody should be doing this stuff. That's why, that's why even my like, even my like disclaimer is still like, yeah, you can do these prescription drugs recreationally just in moderation. Um, <laughs> Want to reiterate my opinion? No, <laughs> let's not. Let's not even say that. But I get what you mean. You there, know, there's friends in my yeah. life where like I take mushrooms all the time and it opens my mind. I'm like, more power to you. I know for a fact if I took them. I'd wind up like with a giant beard living in the woods, like mumbling about uh, lizard people. Like I just know what would happen if I took hallucinogens. Not a good scene, but more power to you if you can do it. Yeah. um, What is it? I always really wanted to do hallucinogens, but I just, I never got around to it because the couple times they were around, I knew I was in a really bad headspace. And then I mentioned that to my psych who's also a nurse practitioner, right? Is yours? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was that? I said, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thanks for the slightly less vague mumble. Um, she, the aggression uh, again. Yeah, she's also, extremely, aggression. she's also extremely unprofessional and wonderful, and I love her. Um, but I mentioned that, and she's like, oh, good. If, like, with your kind of bipolar and your history and your family history, like, if you did uh, like any kind of hallucinogenics, you could probably have a psychotic break. I'm like, dope. Yeah. I always assume that if I took acid, I'd wind up like the guy in my hometown who stood on Main Street with a coffee cup 
all day, every day. Just empty coffee cup, just standing. Figured. Yeah, the rumor was he had a bad trip back in the 70s. Just stood on Main Street, shaking. Coffee cup in his hand. All day. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound like a fun time. So, uh... No. Even... I don't know. I'll have like a friend smoke DMT and then be like, yo, it's the most amazing thing. I'm like, yeah, but have you tried like taking a warm bubble bath? That's also pretty cool. (laughs) And you don't feel like you're experiencing the sensation of death. (laughs) Exactly. DMT. I got so. For any listeners. Well, just for any listeners who don't, who aren't familiar, DMT is a molecule um, that's supposedly when you, when you consume it, I think by smoking it, right? You are said to have oh. your your brain releases the same chemicals that are released when you die, I believe is the story with that one, right? Yeah, you either smoke it or you can make it into this tea called ayahuasca. I always um, heard now ayahuasca is I always thought was what DMT was derived from. That ayahuasca is like the oh natural yeah, but they thing. make like if you like you can get a tour or like some kind of weird thing to the rainforest. Oh. Uh, so that they'll make you like ayahuasca tea, yeah, which is essentially DMT in tea form. I got a story um, about that that nobody knows. Never been told publicly. And can we know it? So, a lot of people at this point, because I've talked about it a bunch, including in the HBO special, know that in 2012 had a very, very big freakout. What I'm a lot aware. of people. What a lot of people don't know is that my friend Antonio Campos, a noted filmmaker, director of films such as After School and Simon Killer, producer of Martha Marcy May Marlene, good pal of mine, we were writing something together and I was going to his office every day and I was popping Adderall like M&Ms and he was, I was just in front of him just eating that and he finally was – and I was telling him like I was like staying up all night and sleeping around and he finally grabbed me. He's like, yo, we got to get you out of New York City. So nobody really knows this part of the story, which is that my friend had a film in a film festival in Brazil, and he's like, you're coming to Rio with me. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am. How's that for a cliffhanger? I'm the most open book in the world. What story have I not told? Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned. In the meantime, we got advertisers. That's why I get to bring you the show for free every Tuesday. Be back right after this with more phone calls. I love my sheets. I get into bed and I'm thrilled. I get in, I feel them and I love them. It's one of those things. You, you, you sleep on regular old sheets. You don't even think about them. Then you get some good sheets like Brooklinen, which you can get at brooklinen.com and you realize, oh, good sheets change your life for the better. Simple adjustment. Spend a third of your life in your sheets, okay? Make it count. Get good ones. Don't just grab one of those bed in a bag kits. Get Brooklinen. You sleep on great sheets, you get better sleep. Upgrade your nightly routine, okay? Brooklyn, and here's how you know it's a good quality product, okay? 12,000 five-star reviews, plus they were named the winner of Best Online Betting by Good Housekeeping. It's a for real endorsement right there. I love my Brooklyn and sheets. Try these sheets. I know you're going to love them too. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code BEAUTIFUL at Brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. 
There's no reason not to give these sheets a try. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine, right? It's hard to think about how to fit something else into your life. You're already so busy. Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. You got to get something off your chest. You can do that whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Just chat about life, whatever. And you don't have to commute to do it. You don't have to even leave your office. Nobody's going to judge you for it. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app, and you can improve your mental health. Remember, therapy... Is not, it's not this dramatic thing where you're just like dredging all your innermost thoughts to the surface or digging into childhood memories. It's about practical, everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. And that's just the truth, okay? Having a therapist provide you with a designated person for you to talk to, where that's their job. They're trained to do it. It's a good thing to have in your life. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Use the code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month and you show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors this show. It's much appreciated. Now, let's get back to the phone call. My friend had a film in a film festival in Brazil. And he's like, you're coming to Rio with me. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am. And he's a great guy. And he's not a, he's not a Puritan. He's not a moralist. Tonio's like, look, we're getting you off the grid. And you have to just decide. Like, if you want to be a party guy now... You can do it in Rio, but if you want to, like, go back to being yourself, we can get you off the grid and chill you out. We went there. I found out that ayahuasca is legal in Brazil, only uh, in the religious ceremonies of this quasi-Catholic cult. It's like this weird Catholic cult that's legally allowed to use ayahuasca. So I found out, it was like one of these things where I was going to have to take a bus to a mountain then transfer to another bus. Then we go through like yeah, a race. Yeah, that's the exact bus. thing I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to this weird Catholic ceremony and they give you ayahuasca and like then people like talk, like demonstrate like Jesus being tortured and stuff. I think whole thing was intense and I was trying to set it up so bad, so bad. And then you know what happened? That saved my life. This saved my life, my friend. Yeah. Late one night. I'm like making active plans, inquiries on how to get to this ayahuasca mountaintop cult. Hungry. Eat some street food, these nuggets. I've never known what they were made out of. I bought them from a stand on the beaches of Copacabana. <laughs> horrific diarrhea. I mean, <laughs> horrific diarrhea. For It was like one of these like 14-hour stomach bugs. I think it was in Brazil for about six days, and 14 of those hours were just spent with an indescribable diarrhea, and I couldn't go out. And all I did, I was able, there was a pool on the roof of my hotel, and there was a bathroom next to the pool. No one ever used the pool. So I went and sat up there, and I looked out over the beaches of Copacabana. I looked up at Sugarloaf Mountain, and I would occasionally just go do diarrhea blasts in the bathroom of this rooftop hotel. And I was drinking Mexican Cokes, trying to calm my stomach down. And... uh yeah. It was there, staring out 
at the uh, Jesus statue above Rio de Janeiro, looking at the uh, beautiful mountains and seas that I said, I think maybe I've taken things too far and I need to <laughs> chill the fuck out. And then I came back and got my head together. My wife noticed it. She was not my wife at the time. She was a friend who was wary of me. And then when I got it together, <laughs> we got married. And now everything's good. Well, I'm I'm very happy about that. Um, also, I remember when I was watching uh, the Chris Gethard show, and I found out that it was Hallie from the LLC, well, yeah. who was your wife. I I, I think I... I think I screamed. I was so happy about it. Ooh, that's nice. You scream for you. You had like yeah. a little fanboy moment. That's awesome. Oh yeah, no, I'm like a, a TMZ I'm, gossip I'm such moment. A fanboy. That's awesome. Oh yeah, and then with like uh, uh, Bethany and Keith, um, one of my friends told me that they uh, were married, and I was like, oh my god, so happy for them. They have a baby. Um, they have a little baby. I didn't know that. Little baby Bethany and Keith. Look at that. I'm giving you all oh the scoops. Oh, my God. Giving you all the hot goss. That's probably the cutest baby ever. It's, I mean, that baby is cute. Oh, my God. Okay, well, that's awesome. Um, other gossip. What other right. Gethard show, Chris Gethard show gossip can I give you? Let's see. Uh, um, one time Rob Malone was eating a cheeseburger and his jaw locked up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can I? I want to get back on watched. track. I want to get back on track about you. I need to ask. Okay. What's uh, what's the what's the deal with the sober house? And how'd you come to be a speaker there? Is this a place that you stayed? Is this part of like an AA type program? Because to be as young as you are and to quit all those substances is one thing, but to be speaking, that's another level. Very interesting. Tell me about this sober house. Okay. Um, I'm gonna backtrack a little further and then get to it. Is that okay with you? Hey. Yeah. This time is yours. Okay. Um, well, just to just to fill everyone in, because I feel like I left on like a tangent. Um, so drugs happened. I quit drugs. I was about to go back to school uh, the day before I left. Um, also, my parents thought I was dead for like the whole semester because they couldn't get in contact with me. Cool. Um, cool. So cool. I'm about to leave, and then my dad finds a ton, like like liters and liters of vodka. Uh, that I had stashed away and he goes, Hey man, not okay. Uh, I end up going to a meeting with him, an AA meeting. Uh, is he in the program? Then, uh, he is. Oh, wow. That must've freaked him out. Yeah. That must've been a heartbreaking thing for him to see his kid hoarding booze. Yeah. Um, to his credit, he was unbelievably calm about it. He just said, Hey, I think you should come to a meeting. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was actually that calm on the inside. Um, but so I came, that's when I realized like, Oh, I'm a drug addict. I, like not just, I can't do drugs. Like I, I'm, I was an addict. Uh, and then I was trying to control my drinking and it didn't work, uh, at all. Um, it just kept getting worse and, no more fun and just I couldn't stop drinking and then I finally like threw my hands up I'm like well fuck this I'm out um and yeah so then I decided to be sober uh I decided that that was probably the right thing for me to do 
Nice. Um, I, I do want to preface everything with, um, so I like, if I say something and you're listening to this and you're in AA, like I'm not claiming to know everything. Uh, but also if I'm listening and you hear something and you, I, I don't know, I just don't want people to think that I'm like speaking for all of AA or I like know everything about it or anything like that. Yeah. yeah I think so, that's a cool disclaimer. You're just talking about your experience yeah. and, uh, yeah. Good yeah. to know. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm home right now. Uh, I'm still in school. It's winter break. So, um, so I'm home and I'm going to like my group that I have around here. And I asked my friend, cause I used to, I used to speak at a detox, which like, man, a detox is where people are coming right after they overdose. And they're all like medicated on like tranquilizers. And I would just go to talk to them and be like, Hey guys, if any of you are awake, basically, uh, just know that my life is miserable. I was able to make it not miserable by going here and doing what other people told me to do. Um, so if any of you want to, that's an option. Um, yeah. and then I asked my friend who still does that, uh, still goes to that detox to speak. I asked him if I could come with him and he said, nah, man, but I'm going to this sober house tomorrow. And he didn't explain what it was. All I know is that it's a different building and it's going to be like people who are less sedated than that mm-hmm. and actually kind of conscience conscious. So I'm really not sure what's up, uh, but that's kind of a thing in AA. You just, somebody will tell you you can do something and you should just say yes and do it. Uh, because most of the time saying yes means you'll help somebody out or you'll at least be there to try to help somebody out. That's awesome. And you'll probably be uncomfortable and it won't be what you're used to. And you'll get kind of vague instruction and it won't make sense. And then somehow it ends up helping. So you kind of got your own head together and decided you wanted to get to work, make a part of your life, trying to help other people get their heads together too. Um, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things with AA really is like, um, you know, they say like freely give what was so freely given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like people helped me out, uh, without a question about it. Uh, everybody just wanted to see me happy and sober. And so logically I should be going about my life, uh, just trying to make everyone around me happy. And if it pertains to them sober. Yeah. My shrink told me, I think that goes for depression too. My shrink once told me, I once went into a therapist appointment with my shrink and uh, told her, I don't know why, but I have this really burning desire to join a ha- Habitats for Humanity. Habitats for <laughs> Humanity, go build some houses, Habitat. And she said, you know, a lot of times when when I, I, I know when someone who's uh, suffering from major depression is starting to have it lift in a more permanent way because they have an immediate desire to go help other people. And... uh She's like, that's that's not an uncommon thing that people get this like fire in their gut to go 
volunteer or, or try to make an impact. And it's maybe that they're feeling like they can pay it back or that they're feeling hope for the first time in a while, whatever it is. I should note, it was a passing interest and I did not join Habitat for Humanity. I wish I could say I was that good a person. Um, but I like to try to convince myself that I try, that I do good in other ways and uh, try to do my part. But I think, yeah, that idea of you, you got to, it's like when you, uh, you got you to gotta sort of find your own safety net and then become another link in that chain for anybody else. Um, see, I, I would always think that that was happening to me, but I'm, I don't know if I already mentioned it. I'm bipolar. So I would think that me wanting to like go help other people and like, Oh, my friend needs help. Let me drive them to the courthouse. And so that they can pay their ticket, even though I've been up for like 35 hours already. Um, or like, Oh, let me try to help these people. And I don't know, whatever way. Uh, and it would always just turned out I was manic and thought that I could save the world. Right. Um, right, right, right. But yeah. <laughs> so what's, uh, when you're, you know, this is obviously a thing, especially at a young age, that is a, uh, you know, I'm sure a daily concern. I'm sure you, uh, you're around drinking a lot. You're around the people who used to do drugs with a lot. You got to really make an effort to step back from that, stay strong, applaud you from it, for it rather. But, uh, but I do want to know just in a well-rounded sense, outside of that stuff, how you doing? What are you up to? What are you up to outside of that stuff? Because I don't want that to um, be the whole defining aspect of what we talk about. <laughs> it's not who you are as a person. It's a, it's a phase of your life that you're uh, fighting back against in an admirable way. So what? tell me more is what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. See, for like so much of my life, I let my uh, mental illness kind of define me. Um, because as you know, it can be so like, overwhelming and like all consuming that basically until I was 20 years old, uh, my biggest personality trait was just, I'm depressed. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, you know, especially now that I'm happy, I just, (laughs) I really like school, which don't yell at me for that. Um, I love it. To each their own, right? I, I feel I feel it's a valuable thing for people to experience. I'm trying to be very controversial right now. Um, <laughs> I think if you like school, yeah. then you should do school. That's great. Everybody gets mad at me. People yeah, get ma- okay. mad at me for saying, I'm just saying, if you don't like school <laughs> and you don't know what you want out of school, maybe you take a gap year, you don't spend uh, six figures when you don't have it. That being said, let's move oh, on. I you like school. You- That's rad. That's good. To do things alike. Yeah, I think if you don't know what you want to do, like at most do community college. Like don't don't be committing yourself to moving to another state or anything. Yeah, but I really like school uh and I I do a lot of outdoors stuff. I actually um I'm in I will say I'm in the northeast, so there's a considerable amount of snow on the ground. But um I did actually just go hiking. I hiked up a, a small mountain near me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you're a fan of mine, yeah, sure. you almost definitely attend SUNY Purchase or SUNY New Paltz. <laughs> if you're that into no, me. Actually, what's that? No, no surprisingly. Um, good guesses. I, yeah, fair guesses. I almost went to school for music. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided against that. I, 
I would say my school, but I feel like nah. we'd just be narrowing down further and further. Yeah, don't do um, it. Yeah. Uh, Not at all. Don't do it. So you <laughs> go outdoors. What are you studying in school? What are you studying in this school that you enjoy so much? Uh, I study math. In all of its forms. We're enemies. You and me, I liked you up until this moment. You now, meth is the enemy. Meth is the enemy. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Convince me on meth. If it makes you feel any better, uh, I would, I think that most meth and the way that it's taught is horrible. Um, I'm trying to think. Because I do a lot of tutoring, so most of the time when I tell kids when they say, I suck at math, blah, 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 is, um, no, just somebody along the way made you think that you sucked at math, and then you fell back a little bit, and because math constantly builds on itself, once you fall back, it's almost impossible to catch back up. So all you need is one person at one point to make you, all you need is one person at one point uh, to make you feel bad, and then you're going to be bad at it for the rest of your life. Um, I've been bad at it since fourth grade. I got put in special math in fourth yeah. grade. Yeah, so you probably just didn't have, like, a super big knack for it. So I I can't blame anyone who doesn't like math because the the system of math education does not like most people, I suppose. Um that being said, math is important, and it's the only reason uh, you can be in the society you're in today. Can we do a test? I'm going to start with okay. the, I want you to test me. We're going to find out my proficiency at math. We're going to start at 7 times 6, which I believe is 42. And I want you to give right. me uh, math problems that are I – I actually have a pad in front of me, a marker. Give me math okay. problems uh, that, that increase in a – you know, reasonable amount, and we're going to see how far I can go before we realize how quickly I crap out at math and it frustrates me to no end. Let's pause there, because I just want to... I know I just dropped a bomb, and a lot of you guys are probably salivating right now, thinking about how you get to listen to a guy do math. It's very... I will say... uh Having already recorded, it's it's funny. You come back. It's it, you just <laughs> you want to hear me get frustrated? Yeah, come back after this. We got ads now. Uh, check them out. Use the promo codes. We'll be back with more phone calls soon. Stamps.com is the easiest way to access all the amazing services of the post office. Simply create your Stamps.com account in minutes online with no equipment to lease, no long term commitments. Then you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. And they'll even send you a digital scale. Automatically calculates exact postage. Stamps.com makes it easy. Click, print, mail, and you're done. I'm going to tell you a story from my life. My wife is in a band. You know what a band is at the end of the day? A small business. You know what it means? You got a lot of merch at home. You got t-shirts. You got stickers. You got your records. You got all these things. They have way different weights. If you're going to walk down to the post office every single time you have an order, you're just going to spend a lot of time. That might be good for your uh, getting your 10,000 steps every day. But guess what you can do instead? From the convenience of your own home, you use stamps.com like I did, like my wife did. You just make one trip. Made it so super easy, and I thank them for it, genuinely. Okay? That's why I use stamps.com. 
because they make my life easier. Watched it go down. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage, and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in beautiful. That's Stamps.com. Enter beautiful. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's finish off this phone call. Give me math okay. problems uh, that that re- increase in a you know reasonable uh, amount, and we're going to see how far I can go before we realize how quickly I crap out at math and it frustrates me to no end. Okay. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, when people think that math is arithmetic and that math is all just... When I tell people I'm a math major and they expect me to be able to do like hard multiplication problems, I I get very upset because math is a uh, oh it is very much not that it is uh, a lot of logic and uh, uh, forming arguments based off of facts and solving large complicated problems with large models and so you're more of a word let, problem start off with, guy. Um, you're more of a word problem. Let's start guy. off with. <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Seven plus four. Eleven. That's easier than seven times six. Five plus seven. Twelve. I mean, I'm 37 years old. I can add (laughs) five and seven. All right. Eleven times eleven. One hundred twenty-one. What was that? 121. Very good. Um, Okay. Oh, I'm so stressed out. Harry, you can see it. Harry's just cackling with glee because he's facing me and watching my body language change. Okay, so I I nailed 11 times 11. Okay. uh, 25 divided by 5. 5. Hello? This dead air is going to be great for the episode, Chris. (laughs) Well done. Well done. I nailed five by five. I nailed five by five. 11 times 11 was very Um, hard for me because I do a weird thing where I go, well, 11 times 10 is that, and then plus one more 11 is that. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to teach math, by the way. When people complain about Common Core, they they have no idea what Common Core actually is. I'm so stressed out. It's because all the old people were taught just by memorization, and then they think that teaching kids how to actually work with numbers is the devil because they don't understand it. Um, I don't know. Why can't we just live in a world where no one does math and everyone's a podcaster and a comedian? (laughs) I never needed it! They told me! I said, I looked them in the eye. I looked my teachers in the eye. I said, I will not need this! They said, you will need this. I said, I will not need this. If I need this, if I am living a life that needs this, I will change my life to not need this. And they, you, you know what they used to say? I may have mentioned this on the show before. They say, you know, you're going to go to the grocery store. You're going to have a basket full of items. And you're not going to know how much it costs. It's not, and you know what they always used to say when I was young? You know what they used to say when I was young? It's not like you're walking around with a calculator in your pocket. Yep. Well, guess yep. what? Some genius named Steve Jobs finally was like, maybe we should have calculators in our pockets. They also tell you the time with numbers, not the hand things. 
Another thing I never needed to know! Uh, I will say, as somebody who actually cares about math and computer science, the fact that you would give Steve Jobs any credit <sighs> whatsoever for anything other than being good at marketing, a um, little upsetting, gotta be honest. Well, um, we all know the Waz was the guy building the blue boxes back in the day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. See, I'm trying to think. I totally had something to say, and I forgot it in amid all your really over-the-top ranting. <laughs> if you ask me 12 by 12, my answer legitimately is I do not know. <laughs> Let me try 12 times 12. 11 times 11 was right. No, 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 no. If you're going to do a math problem, mm. I'm going to bump you up from arithmetic to algebra. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, because that's where I crapped out hard. Okay. X plus 2 equals 10. Eight. Solve for X. Eight. Okay, you got it. Come on. Very nice. Come on. Uh, 5X plus 3 equals 15. 5X plus... Let me write that down. People are now... Nothing more exciting in the audio sphere than listening to a guy <laughs> do math. 5X plus 3 equals 15. So that... <laughs> This was an episode of the Chris Gethard Show, wasn't 12, it? I don't remember. There's been too many of those fucking things. <laughs> 12 divided by... Is that, you can't divide 12 by 5! Yes, you can. The number is called 12 fifths. 12 fifths. It's 24 You don't tenths. have to divide it. It's 24... No, you can't. No. That's not the answer they want. Mr. <laughs> yells at you. If you look Mr in the eye and said 12 fifths he'd yell at you and you'd make you feel bad and you'd say why don't you just coach the soccer team and do them and not be mean to me i'm in seventh grade i actually judge um be uh because i have like math education majors uh oh my god math teachers have to learn so much more math than they'll ever use um like oh my god there's stuff called like analysis which is the theory underlying um, uh, theoretical calculus and then you're not even going to be teaching calculus. It's ridiculous. Is it 2.2 or 2.4? Is it 2.2 or 2.4? 12 divided by 5. 12 divided by 5 is going to be 2.8. It's 2.8. Isn't it? I don't know. You're the myth! Wait, no. (laughs) It's 2.4. My bad. 2.4, 2.4, that's what I thought. <laughs> See, that's again, though. Uh, no, but I, I judge them because they don't have to take uh, the harder classes that I have to take. Um, so I'm like, you don't really know any math. So anybody who tells you that you have to simplify your uh, your answers to like 2.4 instead of 12 fifths, uh, they don't really know math. Yeah, but when you're a kid and all you want to do is get through the day without people focusing on you, because you're in eighth grade and everybody else is going through puberty and you're not going to go through puberty for four more years. You don't what does that mean? need the girl's soccer coach putting a spotlight on the fact that you can't divide 12 by five. What, um, what does that put you at? Senior year? <laughs> yeah, senior year is when I finally got pubes. No, it's maybe, okay, maybe end of junior Same. year. Maybe end of junior. Yeah, that's yep. rough. When you're in that, when I, right when I was turning, uh, right when I was turning seventeen, yeah. uh, it was a very, 
it was a very lonely high school existence. <sighs> it was sad. I mean, it gets I to the point where they don't even make funny anymore, right? They don't even make fun. After a certain point, they're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, we've said all the jokes. So, yeah, well, I guess your voice will just change. I mean, we can't say any more jokes. Uh, it's fine because I acted slightly effeminate uh, and I was a little flamboyant and over the top. So all the uh, all the older girls thought I was gay and they would all just make me their best friend. Oh. So That's I cool. kind of went to the opposite side. Instead of getting bullied, I was invited to like parties with the older kids. Oh, you were embraced. Uh, yeah, to some extent. No, um, me. I, I wasn't was getting invited to parties by older girls. Wouldn't say, oh, what was your high school experience like? A lot of older girls bringing me to parties. Not so much. <laughs> me and Mark, uh, yeah, me and I went Mark to Zaki. Five proms. What's that? <laughs> you went to I five, went to, five uh, proms? I, yeah. Man. I think I went to a prom my uh, sophomore year, junior year. Oh, four. So sophomore, junior, senior. And then I was dating a girl who was in high school still my first year of college. So I went to a fourth one then. Um, so you could pay me to chop off a finger, but yes. I don't think you could pay me to relive like a month worth of high school. How much would I have to pay you to chop off that finger? Jeez. Uh, are we going to go with like left pinky finger, the least effective one? Sure. Pinky finger on your non-dominant um, hand. Realistically, how much money do I have to offer you for you to chop that off and send it to me in the mail? For me, for me to <laughs> chop it off myself, like with a cleaver. Um, well, now that I'm looking at my student loans, because I just realized I'm going to graduate about okay. sixty grand in debt. Oh, um, fuck. It's okay. No, well, it's not. I, I, no, it's okay because like my field has ninety nine percent employment. It's pure. What do you end do? Life. What are you talking I, about? I, How do you get employed? What's your field with math? Um, you mathematician? Well, because I double with um, because like there's pure math, which is uh, that's like, have you seen that movie Good Will Hunting? Uh, yeah, yeah, math. Uh, basically, pure math is just a bunch of smart guys sitting in a room talking about stuff. Applied math is uh, solving problems and making people more money. So, applied math as a field has like, I think over 97.5% employment or something. What fields, um, what, what, are, what type of fields do people go into? Um, stocks and bonds well, and stuff like that? Market predictions? That's financial math. And then there's, um, oh geez. And then there's like, uh, you can use it to apply to, uh, uh, oh geez. Uh, I want to go into more like business and like uh, optimizing solutions for people. Uh, you can use it to go into uh, computer science or into physics or into a bunch of different stuff. Like you could use it to go into like stats or really anything. Um, there's a bunch of different stuff. So when you say you want to use it to help businesses, is this the type of thing you'd go, you get a consultation free from a business that give you all their breakdowns of how they're spending money where they're making money and you would look at it and go, I'm seeing this money move. I'm watching these numbers swirl around and here's the places where it's, where you can, you know, plug things up, maybe keep some of this money around in smarter ways. Here's ways that you can spend money to make money that you're not thinking of in your field, that type of thing. Um, kind of, uh, 
it can be either like a consultation. It's either consultation or it's in-house. So since I'm not like a big, fancy, famous person, like a lot of my professors are, like they'll get hired by some crazy important company to do like one giant project and get a bunch of money from it. I'd probably be hired in-house for like small projects. Like, Hey, I think the card stock that we're using for the spam letters we send out might be, uh, charging us or, or might be, um, putting a little too much of a load on our delivery trucks. Like how can we optimize this? Uh, so basically I'm selling out. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm selling out is what it is. That's cool. But maybe but it's can, fun to sell out. Yeah. But you can also maybe get to a point of, uh, credibility in your field where you can then take the fact that you sold out and apply it towards things that really mean something to you. But you have to go earn your stripes first, especially in a field like that. I don't know. Um, I definitely, I like to think that somewhere along the line, I'll end up doing like pro bono work for, uh, for some charity or something, but I, you're going to sell out. You're fine with selling out and moving on. You're into it. Give, give me that cash, baby. I want that cash. Yeah, it's not like it's not the most <laughs> evil thing in the world. Um, it's I I will make money by making people more money and making less redundancy in the world. So I I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, although I'm sure many people might. Uh, but yeah, at least I'm not going onto Wall Street. Now, as someone who has studied the large bulk of my work, who is watched what yeah. sounds like around 200 hours of me. What optimizing solutions would you offer me in my life as someone who wants to offer optimization solutions? Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, man. You're so far away from like... And I, see, my suggestion if we want to be real would have to be something like oh give yourself a finite amount of time or like a finite uh, part of the week that you allow yourself to like worry about stuff so that way it stops affecting your productivity on everything else oh, and then a good one. you would come back to me and say no that's ridiculous I have to worry all the time no I would say you're totally correct I would say yeah, you're totally see, correct and that's why yeah Time management is the correct instinct and anxiety driving distractions in my time management is 100% on point. Somebody needs to hire this kid. You're going to get a gig oh. ASAP. That was... Oh, shucks. Um, what was it? This reminds me. I had a, uh, I had a very mean ex. Um, I, she, was, she was not very nice, but she told me uh, two very important things uh, that I'll always remember. One is don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. And the other <laughs> is for this situation is you can't apply logic to an illogical system. Damn. So essentially you can't apply math to Chris Gethard's anxiety. So I'm in a logical system. I personally represent an illogical system. That sounds like a mean, but you say she was mean, but she sounds like a mean, but very wise ex. Some wisdom there. Um, I mean, there's some things like that. It's like how we also say, like, drug addicts are really smart because even though they're homeless or, like, even though they might be, like, homeless and, like, miserable and ruining their lives, 
they're really good at manipulating people or they're just really good at getting the drugs that they want. You know, like, one, in the same kind of way, uh, people who are very manipulative tend to be pretty smart, and that's the only reason they can be manipulative, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still a sore spot. You, you there? Yeah, I'm going to move on. I'm sensing that this is maybe still a sore spot with this Meenex. You dating anybody now? Oh, man, I just got out of a year-long relationship. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I know it's it's a sore spot. It always will be. Um, I'm okay with it, though. I like to try to be as vocal about it as possible um, just because... Uh, Ah, um, if I can help a single person get out of an abusive relationship, um, it, which I think I have already, uh, it, it means like all the suffering that I might've gone through. And I hate to use the word suffering, but all the shit that I've had to wade through would have been worth it so that I can help another person. Um, that's a good way. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with, uh, with AA, you know, um, there's this phrase at one point and it's, uh, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Um, I don't know. I think that's a pretty important thing to keep in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. Never did the program myself, so it's nice to hear things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was always, as soon as I found out that you didn't drink, I was like, please tell me he's an AA. Please tell me he's an AA. Um, but honestly, not everyone needs it. And that's, that's a really important thing to remember. Um, if you try to do AA and you are not like the first step is, uh, entirely dependent on the, on you being a hundred percent sure that you have like no control over your drinking or your drug use or whatever. So like if you're able to control that within yourself, then don't, don't, don't try AA. Yeah. I've never, uh, I never went, I've had family members go, I'm really supportive of it. I think it's really beautiful. I even will say there's times where, you know, 17 years since I've been a, a drinker, and there's even still times where sometimes I I only ever want to drink when I'm at my most frustrated and angry and uh and 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 depressed. So that's further evidence to me that it's not a thing for me. And I never want to drink with people. I only want to drink when I'm angry and I want to go drink alone. And I still get those urges sometimes. I will say there is a part of me that still has it in the back of my head of like, I haven't had a drink in seventeen years, but if I get to a point where I'm really close, I could go to a meeting. And I like knowing that. I like knowing that I'm, if I'm like, hey, I've never been to a meeting. I haven't had a drink in 17 years, but I'm pretty pissed off and I keep thinking about it. I think they'd still welcome me with open arms and that seems like a cool organization. Oh, yeah, dude, without a doubt. Um, see, I feel like I'm supposed to give you my phone number and say, hey, brother, if you ever need help, just give me a call. That's what this um, podcast is. Podcast is effectively <laughs> actually yeah. <laughs> you reached out to me and I I picked up my phone. This podcast um, is kind of AA for people who don't deal with alcoholism. They deal with things like uh, like uh, they were on a boat that sank and the Coast Guard had to rescue them. It's AA for that. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say too, uh, cause there was one or two things that I, uh, that I either mentioned or was going to mention. I was like, Oh no, this might like, if people know this, they'll definitely know who I am. Uh, or like they might know who I am. And I was like, actually the only people who would know that are in AA. And that's another thing with anonymous in the title. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I never even thought not going to become a well-known, uh, well-known thing. Yeah, they're not allowed to tell. Hey, you got a minute left. No shit, that went so fucking fast. Yeah, no, you've been sitting on the side of a road for an hour. Oh my god, um, oh shit, uh, I saw you one time and, uh, it was one of the best days of my life and I love you and I love everything you do and you've made so many people happier and healthier and, oh god damn, why didn't you warn me? I did! Said you got a minute left, that's what it was, that was the warning. (laughs) Well, you go, you get so aggressive every now and then. When did we see? When did you see at a show? You came to a show? Yeah. Can I give away a piece of information that you might remember me by? Sure. Ten, if you can do it in thirteen seconds. Okay. You signed my bottle of uh, Deplin. It's not a real. It's like a kind of a mental health bed. And you went up on stage and you said that's the coolest thing anybody's ever asked me to do. Yeah, I remember. So you that. signed my medication. Thanks again to our caller for everything. You know, most of all, again, congrats. Congrats on that year and a half. And I think it's so cool that you're now trying to flip that and help some other people as well. It's awesome. It's so fun talking to you. And I'm I'm, uh, glad that we've linked up a couple of times. I I will say I remember signing a pill bottle. I don't, I I can't quite place the face or the place. It's frustrating me, but uh, it was good to talk to you again. Thank you for calling. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. The uh, no-nonsense, no-shit-taking enforcer in the booth. Thank you to Harry Nelson. Thanks, Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn for helping me build this show. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. If you want to know about me, including tickets, chrisgeth.com is the website. chrisgeth.com. Check it out. Any tour dates I have, they're up there. If you like this show, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps so much. I promise you. It's everything I got. It's all the business. Thanks for listening. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message them whenever you need to. No commutes, no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone from very far away tells me what it's like to be human where she's from. Thought you weren't going to be able to have kids. Found out you had a kid without even really planning. Had the kid. Kids four. Yep. Is it everything you wanted it to be? Well, on days like today when I took him to his swimming lesson and he shit himself in the swimming pool, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) his last swimming lesson of this half term and I had to drag him out of that pool that's next time on Beautiful Anonymous Beautiful Anonymous 
Hello, hello. This is an ad for my podcast, Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we wet our pants about electoral democracy. I am the host, Nagin Farsad, your friendly neighborhood Muslim podcaster. Every Thursday, I'm joined by a rotating cast of politically savvy pals, folks like John Lovett from Crooked Media. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg has a step-in tub, get that thing the fuck out of her house. Because if she has to step over even a lip to bathe, it's unacceptable. Like John saying from SiriusXM. I have a bumper sticker that says impeach Pence first because he's he's all the evil but half the comedy value, so he's useless to me. And other people not named John. Every episode we break down the news, we ridicule our popular vote-losing minority president Donnie Twimp, and we do it in three tasty little segments with a cool bell at the start of each one. Yeah, like that. To hear more, just check out Fake the Nation on Stitcher or wherever you listen. New episodes drop every Thursday afternoon. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.